Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a new mini episode to help everyone with some quick lessons to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. Developing lower body strength and power. This week's mini podcast episode is a sneak peek of one of last year's Shift Symposium's guest lectures, Developing Lower Body Strength and Power. Presented by Scott Woolgrass, strength coach to Ellie Black and many other Canadian national team gymnasts. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to my presentation titled Developing Lower Body Strength and Power for Artistic Gymnastics. Um, my name is Scott Wilgress. I work at the Canadian Sport Institute Atlantic, and I also work with Gymnastics Canada. So a quick little bit of background about me. Um, I did a master's in exercise physiology at the University of Calgary, which is in Alberta, Canada. Um, I, I, during the time I was in Calgary, I did an internship and was a strength coach um, at the Canadian Sports Centre Calgary. And I worked with a variety of sports, mostly winter at that time, including hockey, luge and snowboarding. Um, in 2011, I moved to Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, all the way across the country uh, to work at the Canadian Sports Centre, now Institute Atlantic, where I've been a strength and conditioning and physiologist uh, for the last 10 or 11 years. When I first started out, I was working primarily with club level athletes, uh, provincial level athletes and some next gen level athletes for various summer sports. Um, over the last five to, to seven years, I've primarily worked with national team, um, Olympic track athletes in sports like hockey, boxing and sailing, as well as most recently at the leading up to the 2020, 2021 Tokyo Olympics. I worked with Softball Canada, where I actually traveled and was part of the staff at the Olympics for the team when we came home with a bronze medal, which was amazing. Currently, I've got two uh, roles here. Uh, I work with Canoe Kayak Canada as the strength and conditioning coach for the Atlantic Hub. I also do some physiology work, uh, testing, um, metabolic testing and things like that with that group. And Gymnastics Canada, I'm the women's artistic gymnastics strength and conditioning coach, um, where I program for athletes from afar. I take care of the testing and assessments uh, from a physical standpoint for the group. And I also train athletes that are here locally and when athletes come for training camps uh, to this facility. Um, you might be wondering, you know, how does this person, uh, why is this person here speaking to us about gymnastics? I do not personally have a gymnastics background myself. Um, but when I was, when I first moved to Halifax in 2011, um, I was lucky enough to be put in contact with Ellie Black, who at the time was, you know, trying to make her, um, well, the Canada Games, uh, which is kind of a local, you know, provincial and, and national based competition in Canada. Um, and also, you know, was sort of a dark horse to make that 2012 London Olympic team. Uh, we, we started to work together while she was uh, in a bit of a rehab stint for a toe injury. I was connected via her coach, David Kikuchi, uh, who is himself a two-time Olympian on the men's side. And, you know, from there, we built a really strong relationship between myself, Ellie, and Dave. And, you know, between the three of us, we've been able to continue to work together, you know, on a, on a weekly basis uh, for the last 10 or 11 years through now three Olympic cycles with Ellie. So a lot of the information I'm going to be delivering you today is stuff that I have done with Ellie um, and would do with any new gymnast that comes in to my care uh, as a strength and conditioning coach. So the outline for today, 
Um, the other gymnast that you're going to see a lot of throughout this presentation, she's another person I've been working with locally here in Halifax for the last two or three years, is Danelle Pedrick. Um, so this is Danelle. We'll see videos and pictures of her throughout the presentation. What does strength and power mean and why do they matter for the elite gymnast? How does it apply to gymnastics? Uh, principles of development for strength, speed and power with a special uh, focus on the lower body because I know you're gonna see uh, up next actually, I believe, uh, some really great presentations on upper body strength and power, but also things like plyometrics and, um, and periodization and how to fit it all into a program. So I'm not gonna go into too much detail on all those other things. I'm really focusing on that lower body strength, speed, and power. We're going to put it together and, and come up with a couple programming ideas, but like I said, you're going to see some more of that throughout this, uh, this conference. So which physical capacities are we looking at for the elite gymnast? Um, looking at this figure here, which comes from some amazing research from the UK, from Sophia, uh, Sylvia Moskaps, looking at the physiological demands of youth artistic gymnastics. Um, you can kind of see six different areas that she's outlined, you know, starting at the top, we've got power, we've got speed, we've got metabolic conditioning, we've got motor skills, flexibility and mobility, and finally strength with a bunch of little areas underneath that. I won't go into a crazy amount of detail of that, but I wanted to, to, to use this as a bit of the beginning of our framework that we're going to talk about throughout the rest of the uh, presentation. We are really going to look at this, and this is the first of maybe two or three pyramids I'm going to show you. Apparently, I'm a big pyramid guy. Um, we're going to look at the base of this pyramid being physical capacities, which is going to raise that ceiling to allow us to, you know, compete uh, more difficult skills, which then can be added to routines to result in, you know, obviously better scores on the floor, which is what we're the floor or the apparatus, which is obviously what we're looking to uh, achieve in the end. We're going to focus in three areas for the most part today, like I said. We're going to look at strength, which is the ability to exert maximal force, sometimes irrespective of time. So how much force can you exert into the ground? Um, and that can be expressed in a bunch of different ways, and we'll go over that. Training-wise, you know, using external resistance to build total body strength capacity, and that's what we're going to look at. Power. So this is now the ability to produce force quickly within time constraints. As we know, gymnastics is a, is a sport of very, very quick actions whether that's on the floor or the vault or the beam, you know, we don't have three, four seconds to, to build up to maximal force. It's got to be produced immediately. And that's what we're going to look at. That's, that's power. But within that, we're not only, you know, producing that force um, isn't the only piece of the puzzle. We've got to learn to absorb force safely to, you know, increase the longevity and the health of our gymnasts over the long, long term so that they can then, you know, compete those higher difficulty skills without getting injured in the, in the process. And finally, speed. So this is, in our, in our context anyway, this is the ability to achieve high running speeds over a, a, over a distance uh, quickly, right? So they've got to accelerate up to a fast speed, carry that speed in the case of a vault towards the apparatus, hit the vault, do their skill. And, um, and you know, obviously this is how we're gonna achieve our, our, our routine scores. Um, so we're gonna look at drills and some specific practice and some, um, some sets and reps and things like that to look at improving sprint technique and ultimately speed that can be carried on to the gymnastics floor. Okay, so why does strength matter? Let's start with that. It's really the base for jumping, sprinting, and change direction. Again, if I was to draw a pyramid, you know, strength is gonna be the base of power. The wider that strength base is, the higher the pyramid can be for power. 
which ultimately is, I think if I polled you, if you're coaches or if you're strength and conditioning coaches, that's the end goal in gymnastics. It's not to make, uh, turn these, these athletes into powerlifters. It's to be more powerful. Um, we're looking at force time characteristics. So if you look at this chart here on the, in, in the middle of your screen, we're looking at velocity. So the speed of contraction on the vertical axis and force the application of force into the ground on the horizontal axis we can see that there's a, a relationship here and you know the higher the velocity generally the lower the ability to produce force and that's a that's an issue when we're trying to produce force at really high velocities like sprinting or jumping on the other end there's a, a generally a higher ability to produce force at really really low velocities but again that might not be super applicable um, in the world of gymnastics where we need that that high rate of force development. Okay, so the general idea, the general goal of strength and conditioning training should be to move that curve to the right and up so that for any given force, or sorry, any given velocity, we're able to produce more force. And that's how we get faster and more powerful. Okay, and that's done through this mixed model of resistance training um, that I'm gonna help hopefully go over today. You know, there's a, there's a lot of evidence out there, and I'm sure you know you, this is day three of our of our conference. You've seen lots of medical practitioners. You're going to hear other strength and conditioning uh, practitioners talk about the specifics around reducing injury risk and how to make that happen. So I won't go into a ton of detail, but there's a lot of evidence to suggest that higher levels of relative strength is a protective against injury, um, and that's really what we want to. One of the reasons why we want to engage in strength and conditioning training, protective of those joints, tendons, and ligaments that we you know, so often have issues with. Um, relative strength, on the other hand, is our important factor, not necessarily absolute. So like I said, we're not trying to turn these athletes into powerlifters where, you know, big squats, big deadlifts, and big um, bench presses are the goal. By no means is that the goal. The goal is to get people to a, rel a, a, a level of relative strength, so strength per kilogram of body weight or per pound of body weight, where we get this crossover into the power um, and speed realm, right? So if we look at this chart on the, on the right here in the bottom, there's kind of three phases during the development of relative strength. So on the vertical axis, we have our relative strength in back squat um, from you know, zero up to 2.5 times body weight for back squat. And down here we have performance capacity. So this is you know, your ability to transfer that strength into something that is more applicable to a sport um, specific area. There's three stages. We have the strength deficit stage. This is the area where, you know, there's a very low level of relative strength, which is, you know, where people generally are as a baseline if they don't engage in strength and conditioning training. You can see on the performance line, there's no crossover of, of no strength to performance, right? The next stage is the strength association stage. And that's where we want to get a bunch of um, athletes into as early as it's safe. Uh, so that we can start to see that massive, massive gain, that steep curve in performance capacity based on increases in relative strength. Um, and then like, um, like in any area, you know, there's a point of, of diminishing returns. So what is that area of that, that time when we get into that area of strength reserve, right? So we're strong enough now that any more additional increases in strength, and in this case, you know, back squat strength, don't produce further gains in performance. And that's once we see um, that we are in that stage, that's where we, you know, we start sort of more of a maintenance uh, program where we stay strong, but we don't really waste any more energy or any more 
you know, those, those repetitions on increasing strength when that's not going to help us improve. Um, and there, there's implications here for a long-term model, right? You get a, an athlete, no matter how old they are, whether they're 16, you know, 13 or 23, if they've never been in the gym or they've never been in the weight room and you measure some strength metrics, whether that's back squat strength or some stuff I'll show you later today, and that's, it's a low value, they're here, they're in the bottom, they're in the strength deficit zone, and they're going to improve, you know, with, they're going to improve a ton with moderate gains and relative strength. Further to that, in terms of long-term development, we have our athletes who are, you know, been in the gym for a long time. We no longer need to crush long general preparation phases in the weight room where we're doing, you know, tons of heavy lifting. We can probably hit, hit it for, you know, three, four weeks, get top up that strength level, and then pop back down to maintenance loading for the, you know, for extended periods of time. If you want to hear the rest of this lecture, you can access it on the SHIFT website. The 2023 SHIFT Symposium runs from Friday, June 23rd to Sunday, June 25th, where you can learn everything you need to know about gymnastics medical care, gymnastics coaching, and gymnastics strength and conditioning. So don't miss out. Head over to shiftmovementscience.com. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests do you want to have on in the future? And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like, because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful. And that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it. And uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.